This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to the Grow Your Business and Grow Your Wealth podcast with Gary Helt. Gary is an expert in helping business owners put together a plan that will provide a better future for their businesses, themselves, and their families. On the podcast, Gary interviews other professionals who share his vision, and together they share secrets and strategies any business owner can use to build a better financial foundation for your business and your life. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, our guest is Raymond Prospero, and he is a partner with Advice Period in LA. Welcome. Well, thank you. Thanks, Gary. Thanks for having me on here. So Ray, tell us, how, how did you get started in the finance industry? Uh, I always was interested in it. My dad um, is a former controller. So I've always been kind of interested in finance and we would talk about stocks. Life took me down a different path. Um, I actually practiced law just for a little bit, uh, about four years, uh, but um, realized that wasn't for me and uh, decided that I was going to pursue something that I was passionate about. And so that's kind of how I, I ended up moving into financial services. You know, you're a partner now with um, advisors, period. Where, how did you get to that point where, you know, because obviously you didn't just go from being an attorney to, to being a partner in this firm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so um, I, I spent the majority of my career at Merrill Lynch. Okay. So um, when I transitioned out of the legal field, I, that's where I went and I went through their rigorous training program and graduated there. And um, I was able to build my practice at Merrill Lynch. So I worked my way up the ladder there and spent the last few years there as a senior vice president. Mm -hmm. And um, because of that, I was able to transition directly into being a partner at advice period, partner advisor. Would it, I mean, did you, do you have a specialty when you were at Merrill Lynch or were you just kind of working with businesses, working with individuals? What did you do? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess my, our specialty or my specialty would be um, working with retirees, okay. the demographic of people out where, where I happen to work. I work in Southern California. We're based in LA, but I'm more inland is my client based. Uh, and majority of the people there happen to be retirees. Um, if there was kind of a specific niche, the majority are medical in the medical profession okay. um, and retirees. And, and it's something I, I really fell into. I, I actually pursued different niches when I was first starting out. You know, for whatever reason, I just kept getting referrals in these particular, in these right. particular categories. And it just kind of chose me and, and I went from there. With your, with your clients, as you're picking up new clients and things like that, what are some of the questions that you wish that they would ask that they never do? Um, you know, I think a lot of clients, they don't really ask about estate planning. Now, it's not really an issue because the estate exemption is really high. But I mean, as far as there's not really a plan in place as to like what they want to leave their children or grandchildren or whatnot. So we usually have to do a little digging there. Um, at first, it's always a little bit uncomfortable because people don't want to talk about death right. <laughs> or taxes. Right. Um, but I, I, I just wish maybe there's a little bit more forethought there. That would probably be it. 
Um, the majority of clients, uh, they also don't really have a, a formal plan in place until they meet someone like me. Um, they're just kind of going through the motions of life, contributing, doing all the right things, contributing to an IRA or a 401k or whatnot. Um, but they don't really have a plan in place until, um, until they meet me. So maybe thinking about that a little sooner as well. So, I mean, is that the biggest mistake you see them making is not having that, that estate plan planning done yet? Um, I wouldn't say it's a mistake, you know, but it's definitely an area that should be addressed. Thankfully, most of the people that we work with, they, they have been very prudent with their money and that's how they were able to accumulate so much. But I think just, yeah, I don't want to say a mistake, but maybe just the forethought, right? Because um, people don't really think about that. Yeah. So what, what mistakes do you see them making before they, they get with you? You know, I think it's it's usually the biggest mistakes have to do with family. We talked before we hit the record button here. You and I are both parents. You always want to take care of your children. So where I see kind of fi financial mistakes or where clients are maybe being a little bit too generous to their children or grandchildren, or they tend not to say no. Um, and so that's kind of where us as advisors, we have to kind of reinforce ha them having boundaries and stick into the plan we set in place for them. What are some of the things that, that you do to help them uh, reach their goals faster? Well, um, you know, the, the, the industry has changed quite a bit since I've been in it, right? So now everything is more holistic, more planning focused. Um, so when I first start working with people, the very first thing I want to do is gather the information and, and put it in the system and put forth some kind of a blueprint for a plan. I'm a numbers guy. I'm a very data-driven guy. So I always tell clients, I can't have a recommendation for you until, until we do this report. And the results of the report, they're going to drive those recommendations. They're going to drive the factors of what we need to do for you to, to do the plan. So that's that's really the first step is kind of getting that blueprint together. Uh, we use a program at Advice Period called Right Capital. That's our uh, cash flow and financial planning program, very user-friendly. Um, so I typically present that to the client. Um, and then depending on the findings of, of that report, that's when we'll kind of dig in a little bit and start to put together the, the pieces that, in place for them to reach their goals. Because we've been dealing with COVID and, and, you know, certain restrictions have been put on us about meeting in person and things like that. Have you found, has that hindered your business in any way? Um, no, it hasn't. Um, so I actually made the switch to advice period as COVID was starting. So just, just by what, that's the way everything kind of worked out. Thankfully, advice period is very tech friendly. So everything, as far as setting up new accounts, we do via DocuSign. I think everybody now is, we're all Zoom experts, right? Right. <laughs> so, so, you know, doing meetings by Zoom, uh, doing everything by DocuSign. So they already had kind of the infrastructure in place for us to work from home. And I'm very thankful for that. For the first few weeks of quarantine, I was still working at my old firm at Merrill Lynch. Um, and, and nothing bad about Merrill Lynch, but just because Bank of America is a larger organization, you know, it, it just, that transition wasn't as smooth. In going through, so how are you currently um, attracting new clients to you? Well, Zoom, I'm, I've been doing a few networking events on Zoom through, through okay. the local groups here. Um, I'm actually active on LinkedIn. That was a little bit of a stretch for me, to be honest with you. Um, 
we, we couldn't use LinkedIn at, at right. Merrill Lynch, or, or we could, but just, you know, the traditional broker-dealer wirehouse, we, we would have to turn over our sign-in information, and we were, like, prohibited from from even commenting, you know, so so it really kind of was like frowned upon. So moving to advice period, they they really encouraged uh, me to start using it. So it was a little bit, it stretched me out of the com comfort zone, as silly as that may sound, but I was very uncomfortable at first. Uh, right. But uh, I, I've been pretty active and I've been able to generate business um, that way. And then all the traditional ways that we know as an advisor, right? Meet, you know, getting referrals from clients, getting referrals from our uh, centers of influence and all that fun stuff. Right. Now, do you do any, um, you know, any seminars or any of that, uh, you know, kind of educational things um, out there? Um, I, I haven't yet. So, but that's actually how I built my initial book of business. So mm -hmm. I built my book of business really through networking, cold calling, but mainly seminars. Um, because I made the transition to advice period during COVID, I haven't had a chance uh, to do any seminars. We've, we've thrown, um, thrown out the idea of possibly doing some virtual ones. Sure. Uh, and so I, I, I actually, they recorded a virtual kind of meet and greet for me that I was able to send out uh, to my client list when I first started, but I haven't done a follow-up yet. You've been doing this for a while now. Um, what is it that you wish you knew then that you know now? To be quite honest, I probably would have moved to the independent side sooner. Okay. Um, again, no, no, no knock on um, on, on the, my prior employer. They did treat me well, but I just I feel uh, the ability to to run a business the way I I want um, is 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 there more on the independent side. They're a little bit more supportive. It's really all about relationships, mm -hmm. right? Um, when I first started, it was kind of the tail end of the cold calling era. <laughs> right. I, I, I had, I had a, you know, an old supervisor who, when do not call kind of came in, he, he just kind of like would shrug and said, so long as you're bringing in the assets, it was kind of that old mentality. Right. Great, great. But it was, it was also a salesman mentality. So I would probably tell my younger self to, to focus more on those relationships and driving those relationships and fostering them because um, it's the relationships that matter, not, not the sale. I think that that's something that more people have started going to it and how I originally built my business was more on the relationship side and that in um, kind of the holistic approach in building my team of people, but it's, you know, as, as compared to transactional, because so, yeah. so many people and, and, you know, really to me, that's what cold calling is. That's transactional it's oh, absolutely. building, building a relationship, um, you know, with people. I guess, what are some of the biggest fears, you know, that you have right now with COVID, the change of administration, just things that are, that are going on? Looming is just, you know, the party platform of President Biden is typically a, a higher tax platform, right? So we want to keep an eye to see how that's going to affect our clients and how that's overall going to affect the economy. So far, it hasn't, <laughs> you know, all of kind of those fears have kind of gone to the wayside, at least for now, because the market has continued to rally. I mean, obviously, there's certain areas that we're concerned about. We've seen the rise of interest rates and bond yields. And so that's kind of put a damper on stocks temporarily, right. um, but we, though we've having another rally today. Um, the other thing is is oil. The price of oil has kind of consistently gone up since since the election. So 
uh, we want to keep an eye on that. But um, th those are really the overall fears um, that, or not even fears, but just the things that, that we're looking at that we're looking to manage. What are some of their fears and how are you helping them overcome those fears? Yeah, I think the biggest fear, and this is not necessarily um, with the election, this is just in general. I think the biggest fear is, do I have enough money? Right. Am I going to run out of enough money? Um, and so we want to make sure that, you know, as far as alleviating and assuaging those fears is that, you know, I, I always maintain a regular level of communication with clients. I still meet with clients quarterly until they tell me that's too much. And I just think having that open level of communication is crucial because it always puts you in front of the client, but you're also answering any questions and then also dissuading any fears that they may have. The other thing we, we do is that we want to make sure that we, we go ahead and revisit that right capital report at least once a year because that right capital report not only does it monitor cash flow planning and doing the financial plan but it also does the monte carlo simulations right so those simulations take various um areas of, of i don't want to say areas various um situations and they factor in uh, into the outcome so we try to make those outcomes as uh, as realistic as possible um, and so that, that's kind of how we address that, you know, is we just want to make sure that we're always in front of the client. Um, if there is a market dip that I'm proactively calling them and making myself available to them to answer any questions and then revisiting at least once a year that in detail, that in-depth plan and Monte Carlo analysis to continue to kind of reinforce that they're doing the right thing and we're on the right path. And, and if we're not, then that's when we make those adjustments, right? That's for argument's sake, say if, you know, with, with the the way things are going right now you know interest rates start to go up um and you know we've we've definitely seen in the mortgage industry um once you know the biden um last stimulus the arp has just been signed in suddenly you know the mortgage rates have changed for you know investment properties and secondary homes now kind of as that keeps going i mean are, are you guys independently you know running these reports to to kind of update as you go at, or do you just really wait to meet with the client and then you do that oh no typically we proactively run them like okay. especially if there's kind of like a big switch right if there is like a big market dip like we exper experienced when coronavirus first started right. we will go ahead and rerun that um, thankfully, you know, with the use of technology to do that, once you have the initial data inputted, yeah. it doesn't take much. You just have to change a couple factors. Okay. And we're good to go. So yeah, we want to make sure that we're always proactive. And, um, that's kind of the philosophy of, of my book of business is that, you know, I don't want to have too many clients. So, so I have the time to do that. So I have the time to kind of really get to know my clients, um, on a real deep and personal level. You know, that's a great example right there of why someone should use a professional like you. Give us some other reasons why somebody really should use a professional like you as compared to, you know, again, we always see the, the various different, um, you know, companies that are out there that are saying, yeah. do it, your, do it yourself. Um, why should somebody use a professional like you? Well, I mean, I think the easiest thing is just behavioral finance, right? Much of what you and I do for a living is kind of, it, it, it's we go against our gut instinct, meaning when the market and stocks are down, most people want to sell and run for the hills. 
But you and I as professionals, we want to do the opposite. We know the opposite's better. We want to sit tight or we want to buy more because we think that's the time to buy at a discount. Um, people should use a financial advisor to help guide them through those kind of emotional roller coasters. I, I can't tell you how many times during the course of my career where I've kind of guided clients off the ledge, if you will, and they've thanked me, <laughs> you oh, know, the, yeah, that, you know, the market might have a terrible day and, you know, and, and they're calling like, Hey, let's sell. I want to liquidate. And I have to talk them through it, go through the plan. We have something in place. And then all of a sudden, you know, the market will recover like it always has. Right. And, and they're thanking me, <laughs> you know, I mean, that's, that's really why I, I, I often use an analogy uh, of that of a pilot right? So if, if you're stranded on an island and you have only one way of flying home through the storm, would you rather use a plane that has autopilot or would you rather use a plane that's actually piloted by an experienced advisor that has flown through similar storms throughout their career? Right. And, you know, hopefully the client will say, we want to use an experienced pilot. Right. Uh, and that's, I think that's kind of the best analogy I've used it time and time again. Someone told it to me early in my career and it just stuck. And I think it paints a very accurate picture of what we do. Right. I, I agree with you. I think that, you know, again, going, going back and kind of recapping a lot of what you're saying though, is planning. It's like you know, early yeah. on about, you know, planning because of this state planning and things like that, you know, same thing just now, you just said, Hey, even though it's turbulent times, you know, if you have a plan, it's easier to, to, to kind of guide you through. Um, and, and I'm behind you 100% with that. When I, I try to get people to proactively do tax planning. So then that way, when something does happen, they already know what they need to do to make the shift. Um, so I, I think that, that planning is kind of the, the key to everything. Um, and, you know, and making sure that, that you have the right team of people. Absolutely. And, and that was kind of the catalyst of me switching from a big firm, a big Wall Street firm, to going to an independent firm is because I wanted to go to a firm, uh, an operation that was planning focused as opposed to, um, you know, investments only or transactional only. Yeah. Accumulation of wealth. Yeah. What, I mean, you know, because you, you do work with a variety of different people. Yes. Yeah. So what, what is it that's been the, the biggest thing that you've learned in dealing with such a variety of people? Never judge a book by, by its cover. <laughs> I mean, you can probably say, I mean, I, I, I've dealt with very successful individuals who, you know, high income earners, I mean, top 1%, but they have less money saved than, than the mechanic that has just been saving and doing the right thing for the last 40 years, you know, so it's, you just never judge a book by its cover. And you, and you never know the story, how people come into their money or what they have going on in their life. But, um, but definitely, I can't, I can't tell you time and time again, where, you know, someone will um, be referred to me and, and the initial reaction might be, oh, you know, they might have some change here, whatever. And all of a sudden, you know, they're a multimillionaire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, and those are the coolest stories. I yep. mean, I, I love them. There is the best. Yeah, I think I think lots of times, you know, you find that those people are more more down to earth. Oh, absolutely. Are yeah. very appreciative of your help. Yeah, that's, that's a big, big thing. You know, this this coming year, 2021, what is the kind of the the, the biggest change or, or the thing that you haven't done yet that you plan on doing? 
I, I'm not sure. 2020 was a year full of change for me. So I don't know if there's any more change I can, I can do. You know, I mean, like I mentioned before we hit record, I was I was a guy who was in a suit and tie in the office every uh, every day now working from home, um, switched companies in the middle of COVID. So, right. um, um, you know, I adopted LinkedIn, <laughs> more technology. So um, I'm not exactly sure. I, I think I've done all the adopting I can do. <laughs> so, there's always room for growth, though. I get it. But uh, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what other change is down the road. <laughs> right. Um, do you see any new, for you, out-of-the-box way of acquiring new clients? Uh, well, I don't know if it's out of the box, but I think um, I'm going to be able to use planning more. And what I mean by that is um, at, at B of A slash Merrill Lynch, even though I had my, my CHFC, very similar to a CFP, um, my chartered financial consulting designation, we really couldn't comment on like tax planning or estate planning. It was just really frowned upon. Okay. Um, here, you know, we can. You know, and I and that's what clients need. Clients see someone with those designations to get that holistic experience. So uh, I'm going to be able to incorporate more tax and estate planning in my practice. Um, so it's not necessarily out of the box, but it's 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 new for me. So what what question haven't I asked you that you wish that I had? I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, you know, I guess maybe what's the difference between uh, you know a, an RIA and a broker dealer? I get that a lot, especially so, I mean, now working at an RIA, a registered investment advisor, we are held to a fiduciary standard, whereas broker dealers, they, they might be in different ways by way of commissions, trails from mutual fund companies. We can't do that. Um, we we're fee only advisors, meaning we're only paid by the, by the client and, and why that's a big deal is number one, we have that higher fiduciary standard. Number two, um, it takes away any conflict of compensation, which, which is uh, in the year that I've, well, close to a year that I've been here. Um, it's been, uh, much, uh, much nicer, you know, put, puts us definitely on the same table of, as clients. It, it, I mean, that kind of, I feel that, you know, being compensated that way actually kind of puts you in the same boat with they do. If they do well, you do well. If they don't do well, you don't do well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So if our listeners have, uh, you know, heard something that they really like and they want to talk to you um, or maybe just get a, a, you know, second advice on something, how can they reach you? Yeah, so they can reach me. Um, my direct line is area code 714. 714-7549. You can also reach me on the advice period website. It's www.adviceperiod spelled out.com. Um, and I'm also available on, on LinkedIn as well under my name, Ray Prospero. Ray, we really appreciate your time today. Thank you. Thanks, Gary. Appreciate it. Our guest today was Ray Prospero with Advice Period. Thank you. This show has been produced by Market Domination LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.